no, no, just kidding. We're having a quick meeting with our producer and then find out we're on camera. A little, little slow what? today. Happy birthday. Why, why, happy, did, why did your voice get so low? Like happy, happy 52nd birthday, Barker. <laughs> Good one. 13 years away from getting that free or half off uh, 60 whenever you go to a restaurant. No, so you're 47. <laughs> no, 60, 65 is the biggie. 60, I think you get. There are some drug drugstore chains that will give you discounts on Thursdays if you're 60. How do you so. know that? I've been told. I don't do that. Like yeah, I, that's my... I'm that guy that doesn't. I don't use the discounts. I never have. I don't let anybody... Why I, would you not use a discount if I, I you can use it? I don't use a discount. It's okay. I just don't. The I, benefits of being really old. <laughs> I just don't... Uh, I, I don't feel the need to... I don't feel the need oh, to do it. Oh, you should. I'm gonna. It's like, I can't wait to use, get half off. Are you kidding me? And it's my dad's birthday, too, so happy... That's right. Happy you birthday, Dad. You share this birthday with your dad. My daughter shares the birthday with me. So That's there you cool. Go. It is. And it was unplanned. That was not like, you know, hey, let's... Uh, that wasn't let's 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 kind of let's build this thing so that no nah, it wasn't that was completely completely fluke completely fluke that huh. uh that emma ended up being born the same day as me but anyhow so there you go congratulations uh to you and paul barker for being <laughs> born you. in the same day no, i appreciate that i'm sure i'm sure he feels lucky to our, for that to happen yeah, mark poffo <laughs> our again our talented producer brought you a nice birthday cake I know. no he did not it was a donut it was a donut it was really good. I actually meant to, I was going to bring in a candle and stick it on top of the, but I just figured if we did that, you know, set off a fire alarm here, you, you just you couldn't do that. So I, I just wanted you to know well, it's that nice I, of you to think of me that anyway. I was thinking. I, I appreciate that. We had a little bit of heads up that it's your birthday and an individual who shall not be named. Uh, well, I let us know that, she is. Let us know that it was your birthday. So anyhow, happy birthday. Mm. Uh, Kevin Barker, 47, Whew. 47 years of age. The St. Louis Cardinals are in town to take on the Blue Jays, a two-game series. Starting tonight, Audrey Palante on the mound for the Cardinals. Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays, 707 first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet. Derek Gould, who covers the Cardinals, will join us. The Cardinals very much in the news. First of all, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are not accompanying the team due to vaccine border restrictions. And the Cardinals seem to be in the minds of most of the Cognoscenti, national baseball writers, they seem to be the team, one of the teams in the catbird seat for Juan Soto. So we'll talk to Derek about that. Let's start our conversation today, though, about Jose Barrios. 7 of 4, 5 2 2 is his ERA. Two quality starts in his last two outings. Coming off a nine day, well, this will be, he'll be pitching on his ninth day. Um, what would your concerns be? given the fact that it is his first start after after the all-star break yeah it's always it'll always be rhythm and timing with, with him it's it's how how the breaking ball feels coming off the fingers you know he needs to snap uh, he needs to be able to start it in a certain location and have it end up where he wants it to end up but it's about the finish it's about getting it out front it's about snapping it off that's about rhythm and timing um you know m- maybe having Danny Jansen back will help a little bit just you know bigger target n- no one how to get a guy through, especially early in the game. So I, worry's a, a strong word. I just, you know, I think he's had an up and down season. Maybe this little time away, forgetting about all that, he can just walk away from it and come back, and now it's a it's a fresh start. It's a new season for him. He can, like you said, he's coming off a couple of uh, really good games. 
where it seemed like he, you know, he he could self-correct, which has been the big issue for me all year when you watch him. It's it's he continues to do the same bad thing over and over and over again. And you you would wonder with a guy that's made as many starts as he had, why he can't self-correct on the mound. And it seems like the last couple of starts he's been able to do that. He'll throw a bad one and then he won't throw another one to back it up. That's telling you that now he knows that he's doing it enough between starts that he can feel it coming off the fingers. And when it's not coming off the fingers, what does he do? Yeah, you look for, at velocity. You'll look at location. You'll look on break, break of the breaking ball. And if he doesn't have the breaking ball, what's he going to use to get it back? That, that'll be a couple of things you'll look for. But not having the two big boys for the Cardinals is going to help him. Uh, before we go any further, let's do a little bit of a reset because the Jays did have yesterday off. Uh, the Yankees had yesterday off as well. They will start the Subway Series today against the Mets. But a couple of other AL East teams were in action. The Baltimore Orioles beat the Tampa Bay Rays 5-1. The Orioles are half a game back of the Boston Red Sox right now. And Tampa Bay's in a, in, a, in a world of trouble. They announced yesterday they've lost Kevin Kiermeyer and Mike Zanino for the season. Not really a surprise. I think most people assumed the Kiermeyer's injury was going to be uh, it was going to be serious enough, but those are two really experienced older voices and an otherwise young team. They're already without uh, Manuel Margot. Wander Franco's got a wrist, a right wrist injury. There's some suggestion it might be a, a handmade injury. The Rays are the Rays. They're going to do Rays things, but uh, hey, boy, Kevin, you really, really get the sense that um, yeah, this this just may be a little bit of too high a hurdle for this team. Maybe, but again, it tells you how good the American League East is. It'll tell you, too, the, the wild card going down the stretch. I mean, you can throw a, four or five teams against the wall and pick three of them. Like, that, yeah. I think that's how it's going to be. And you like, you Is there any way the Orioles get into that picture, Kevin? Uh, I mean, there's, it's, all, it's, a, it's, a, it's baseball. Anything could happen. I would think no to that, just, just the quality of experience of yeah. going down the stretch and they still have to pay, play some pretty good teams. They, sure. I mean, the, the Blue Jays sure. are getting right. them 15 more times. You're right. Like it's it's a tall order. Could they? They got nothing to lose. I mean, they're playing with house money, and it's like you go out there and let it eat and do your thing. And you know, the the, the organization looks like it's heading the right direction. Now they're not sellers as much. I mean, they may give off a piece or two to try and add a, a couple younger players that could help them a couple years from now. But for the most part, this is the team you're going to see. And this will tell you. If it tells you anything, if you've got some pretty good pitching oh, and yeah. a really good bullpen, you can do some things. The uh, Red Sox won yesterday 3-1 over the Cleveland Guardians. So as we uh, head into today's games, the Yankees are 66-31. and They're 12 and a half games up in the Jays. The Jays are one and a half up in the wild card. They have the first wild card spot right now. Tampa Bay is the second wild card spot. They're 52-44. and Boston is 49 and 48. I mentioned the Baltimore Orioles are a half game back of the Boston Red Sox as we get oh so close to the MLB trade deadline, which is August 2nd. You think that matters for the Red Sox organization if the Orioles would finish ahead of them? In 2022. Finish ahead? Yes. Yeah. You think that's a big deal? Oh, I'm sorry. My, 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 uh, my thinking is here, if you're going to be sellers at the trade deadline, now you may think about you could end, you could end up finishing fifth. Is that a big deal to them? Or do they don't care and no, it's an organizational I, thing, you'll go where you want to go? I kind of think I kind of think for teams like Tampa and Boston, if you don't make the playoffs, it almost doesn't matter where you finish. 
Toronto's a little different, I think, because of because of where they are sort of in their their growth cycle. But no, if Tampa and Boston don't make the playoffs, I I don't think I don't think it matters whether Baltimore finishes ahead of them uh, or, or finishes behind them. Now, if Baltimore were to make the playoffs and those teams weren't, then that might be a, make a difference. But you know, if, if everybody in the East misses the playoffs, other than the Jays and and, and the Yankees, Chris Sale, I don't hurt. think I don't think it makes him getting any hurt difference. again. May, may may have been the last straw. It re, just because yes. if he would have been there and he would have started looking better and, and you know started having some really good games and that and now if you're Alex Core, you knew you you had that day taken care of and you could figure out everything else and then your organization could go out and add a piece or two yes and then you get Devers back and JD Martinez back and now all of a sudden you're 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 thinking about it, you could do some things now it's just it's now you're trying to add two really good starters you're probably trying to add. Two more really good bullpen arms, a lot to ask. That's the point. So it it just seems like it, it – I don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise if you're the organization, but it gives you a good excuse. Yeah, ab- absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. Uh, you know, they've got a guy that uh, that has – I think is, is, is really interesting at the trade deadline. And I, I noticed people started talking about him a bit during the last series. But you look at Nathan Yavaldi, yeah, and he was not very good against the Jays his his first game back. But you look at Nathan Yavaldi, and someone brought this to my attention, and I I'd forgotten about this. We've talked about a team like the Blue Jays, how you need you know you need somebody who can who can pitch, uh, you need somebody who can pitch out of the bullpen. You know you, you need bullpen help. You need obviously help in the starting rotation. Somebody made this point about you look at Nathan Uvalde's postseason record. He has pitched out. He's been a guy who's been a starter and then come out of the bullpen. He can do the, the hybrid postseason. role. He can do the hybrid. He role. can. He it's can. just it was an interesting name because the, this was pointed out to me as somebody. I mean, people are thinking of uh, pitchers available. It's Frankie Montas and Luis Castillo. Now we need to see what Frankie Montas's health is. But this person made the point to me, man. If you're looking at a guy, and and yeah, Nathan Uvalde's a free agent. But if you're looking at a guy that could come in and has done it, he would be almost the perfect candidate. Yeah, it, it, as an organization, if you're the Red Sox, how would you sell that to a fan base? You, you, you're the Blue Jays. Say, say they get Nathan Avaldi. If you're the fan base of the Red Sox, you still have to play the Red Sox if you're the Blue Jays. And you still have to play the Blue Jays if you're the Red Sox. Yeah, but so it, I'm not real sure that's a if you're gonna that's sell, an easy sell. Well, if you're going to sell. If I mean, you might give him up, but give him up to the Blue Jays? Depends on what you get. Ooh. Well, now here's the thing, though. You're dealing with the smart fan base. And if, yeah, but you they're give, moody. if you give him up to the Blue Jays and you get somebody like Moreno in return, a top prospect, I I absolutely I absolutely think the Red Sox, Red Sox fan base would be on board with that. They would have heard of that. Uh, it, it's, you know, that's why I asked Ryan Dempster about this the other day. <clears throat> this isn't the Red Sox who have never won a World Series. You know, you've got a certain amount of currency in that city if you're the Red Sox. Maybe, but you've it's got still a the certain Red amount Sox. of currency in that city, and they're used and, to and winning. It, and and if you, and and if you know that you are going to have to make major moves, you know, why not? Do I it? mean, Nathan, a, Nathan, put it this way: Nathan Uvalde may not determine whether. Or not, if you're the Red Sox and you decide that you're selling, or you decide that you need to make some strategic moves that are going to help you next year and the year after that, because you've got to make a decision on Bogarts. You've got to make a decision on Devers, J.D. Martinez, all this stuff. 
You know, the fans get that. The fans by now realize that they're not re-signing all those guys or it would have been done by now. So if you are realistic, and, and one thing about Heim Bloom, he's, he's a different GM. He comes, he's got that Tampa Bay background. He's interested in value. He's got the support of his owner. You know, maybe you gotta end up doing fine it. too to do that. Well, he, he you got to have one. Well, he does. Do. I mean, he does. He hasn't signed. He, tell you what, it takes a lot of balls to not have signed Xander Bogarts by now, and to have gone out and that, added Trevor that, that, Story. That may be something about yeah. the organization, other than what what he would want to do. I, I, that if you're if you're the Blue Jays, that's that's intriguing because now all of a sudden, you know, you, you think about middle relief in the playoffs. Say your starter could give you four. You have a Nathan Avaldi come in and give you three or four innings to bridge it to the eighth inning. All of a sudden, you're turning it over to your two highest leverage guys. That's what I'm saying. And started turning it over to two. And then your two highest guy leverage has, guys. That makes a ton of sense. The guy has this. literally done. He has literally shown you that he will do whatever you want him to do in the World Series. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter when you use him. You're getting 97, 98, 99. It's intriguing. I don't think it'll happen, but it's intriguing. It'd be perfect. It, not just for the Jays. Makes a lot be, of sense. But if, if you, because one of the things we said about the Jays is, look, if you get in a short series, Luis Castillo would be great. So who isn't pitching if you get into a short series end? Does that mean you're knocking Barrios out of the rotation? I, if, it's the hottest guy. But but if you do That's that. It's easy for me. But, it's but about it, winning. But if you do that. You care about hurting people's feelings? You care about winning? Well, That's I, easy I, for I do, me. I, well, yeah, except you're not. I, I do care about person's feelings when I got him under contract for six more years. And it makes it easier to sell it. <laughs> oh, guess what? We're still paying you a hundred million bucks yeah, to do I, what we I tell guess, you to do. I guess we don't think you're good enough to help us win a world series this year or a playoff series this year, but maybe you can help yeah, us right next now, year. I'd rather um, go with the guy that throws 99 with sank. Yeah. I'm not yeah, certain I'm, you make that, but my whole point is, is that hard, my, my, your head. my whole point is, is that maximizing is, is that using your, your 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 capital in the best way or is it better to maybe get two bullpen arms for what you would need well, to give a, up that's a great to, problem to have. Luis Castillo. That's, that's a great problem yeah. to have and you're going to need four guys anyway yeah you're going to need four guys you're, maybe you, maybe not in the first probably. round but you're going to need four four guys if you move on after that and and if he, if Jose Barrios didn't pitch in the first round <laughs> sorry uh yeah well I, I think you're being completely uh, you're completely irrational. I like, I like winning. Yeah, you don't like being, to win? Again, it's a, that, that's a hypothetical thing. Maybe, Jose, hypothetical maybe Jose thing. will figure this thing out, and he'll be dominate with the breaking ball, and you won't have to worry about having that conversation. So, but if you get a guy in here who throws 99 with sink and has a, a Bugs Bunny changeup, there's a good chance he's pitching for me. I'd rather have that guy go into the bullpen. Oh man! Then Barrios, and then I can use him. Then I can use him multiple wow. times. Then I can use him two or three times in a series. That's what I'm saying about Uvalde. If you get Uvalde, you got, can use him two or three times. A guy with in a, a track record who has some injuries, and you're going to ask him to go out there and have the heart rate go up the way it's going to go up in a playoff series. Yeah, we're talking and have routine. What's well, a good conversation? We're, we're talking. We're talking. Ho- hopefully, we have that even, conversation. How do we even get? Uh, because you. I was talking about uh, I was talking about the standings, and we morphed into a discussion on the the division race. I think we're both in agreement, though. They need power. Yeah. Every, the two conversations we just had are with dudes that throw really well. Hard. Yeah, they they've got they've got Trevor Richards's and Jimmy Garcia's and Adam Simbers coming out of the yin yang. They don't need any. They don't need any more of that. They don't. And they can find that and. You know, go out and 
sign somebody off the waiver wire who can spin it. You don't. I, I hope. I hope they don't have, end up trading for, we're gonna find for out. more what we're, they already we're have. We're going to find out, aren't you know, we, in a week. That's great. Let's make a deal. Let's get in more of what we have. 93 with spinning it first attitude. Yeah, that would be good. Let's, let's bring Put in. so much pressure on your catcher to figure out how to sequence it right to where you can get a guy off balance. Anyhow, bringing it back, bringing the conversation back to tonight's game, back to Jose Barrios uh, and, and Andre Pallante. And as I mentioned, Derek Gould will join us in the bottom of the hour. We'll get a do a deeper dive into Andre Pallante. Adam Wainwright and Kevin Gossman will be the matchup. Add and subtract. Wainwright. When in yeah. doubt, take a little bit more off. Adam Wainwright is going to be smart. It's going to be fun to watch. So get, getting back to tonight's uh, tonight's game, though, with, with Jose Barrios and the amount of rest he has, um, what will you be looking for early? Will you be looking for rhythm early? I, I think Quick so. Working? And, but maybe, and the... That'll help. The the sooner he gets it, the sooner he lets it go, the better off he is. Like, you can tell that, right? There's not a lot of thought process into it. He relies a lot on his catcher. He needs the catcher to set up a tick early to give him a target to where he wants to start the breaking ball, to want to start the two-seamer, all the things that goes into for him to be really, really good. Velocity overthrowing. That's one thing, too. Yeah, I always talk about the breaking ball and the velocity of the breaking ball. When it's 82, 83, that's normally when it's coming off the fingers, right? He can do the things with his thumb to make it break late and, you know, have it start in a certain area and have it break. It can be the 12-6 that we've seen the last couple starts. It could be the slider, the back foot. It can be the one down and away to a righty. But to have the mile per hour on that and not have it looking 84 to 86. When it's 84, 86, he's overthrowing it. What's that mean, Jeff? It's non-competitive. When it's non-competitive, what's the pitch count do? It goes way up. It goes way up early. And now all of a sudden we're seeing Trevor Richards in the fourth inning. So that's sort of not what you want to see. And that's sort of what you should look for. But I think just I, he looks to me like he's got a lot more confidence. He's got confidence in the self-correcting. At least when you watch him the last couple of starts, it's like you throw a bad one. You can even see him now out there. He'll do it because he did it wrong. He failed it. He knows why he did it, and how he can correct it and not do it over and over and over again. I, I think you'll have a good start. And, again, not having the two big boys for the Cardinals, mm. that's going to be huge. There's a giant drop-off. I know you look, you <laughs> oh, look well, at their, yeah, you look at getting, their lineup. And it is a, like they don't have depth. Well, you're, missing, why, you're missing a guy who was a player, well, you player can, of the week. You too, can understand recently. why the Juan Soto conversation is with the Cardinals. Because when those two big boys aren't in the lineup, I mean, they ain't featuring a ton. So that, that'll, that'll help, too. And – I'm not saying Soto's going to go there, but you can understand why the conversation's being had with that organization. Yeah, I'm not entirely certain. It's, I mean, I, I think regardless of whether or not, I mean, Juan Soto just makes sense for them because <clears throat> because of who they are and because of, because of what they have uh, more than anything else. And, you know, he is a guy that, and that's a, they do need, they need something more than what they have right now. I, I think, I don't think their pitching is necessarily good enough to get them there. But Makes they do some, need something more than what they have. I, right I now. said, why would it make sense for the Blue Jays? And if Vladdy got hot, so you wouldn't have to, you couldn't pitch around Soto to get to Vladdy. Well, you put Soto between Goldschmidt and Arenado. Huh. You kidding me? Now, now, pick your poison. Who are you pitching to? You can't pitch around him to the point. So it makes total sense. Will it happen? Probably not, because there's I, the, 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 the Giants are pretty good at stuff like that, uh, the Dodgers are pretty good at stuff like that. They may have a few more horses to give up. So it'd be interesting to see, even if he does get traded. I'm, I'm, not, I'm still on the fence on whether they're playing cat and mouse. They could be. The Cardinals are 51 and 46. 
They are two games out of the NL Central race. That's not a very good division. It's not. They're behind the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, if you look at the wild card standings in the National League, the Cardinals hold down the third wild card spot. They are uh, two and a half games behind. San Diego holds the second spot. Six and a half back of the Braves. I still think the Braves are going to win the East, uh, which is, you know, they're 58 and 40, and the Mets are 59 and 37. Jacob might have something to say about that. Limb there. And the Philadelphia Phillies are half a game back. San Francisco, two and a half back. And San Fran would be interesting. See what they do, if they do anything. Yeah, they need, I mean, they're just running out of, they're running out of time. They need it. They need, they need, they need somebody. They need somebody to come in and automatically be their best player. And Juan Soto comes in and is automatically their best player. It is, but they play in division with he the best be, team in baseball. He may that's, be. That's the issue. What do you do? I know it's the wild card. And he, does he take you so high of a level that you think that that guy, I know we get how long you get him for. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get him for this year and two years after that. Does that is that a, that big of a difference? Oh, yeah. For them, it is. You think so? Yeah, in that park. There's no reason the Giants can't. There's no reason. There's no reason the Giants shouldn't be looking at winning the World it's Series. That, it's in the that theory. It's that theory when the car when the uh, uh, who when the Cardinals came in here and was facing uh, was it the Cardinals? Whoever came in. in here and was trying one said that Vladdy wasn't going to beat him. Be the same thing with the Giants. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting though. It's, it's it's a it's a great conversation because there is and there are multiple teams that could use him. Well, the other, it's just are they willing to give up what they'd have to give up to get him? Yeah. The other thing with the Giants too is there's because they're the Giants. There's no reason that they couldn't add Soda then go out in free agency and add Bogarts or somebody else as well. I I've felt all along that the, as I said this, the Giants are going to get Judge Bogarts or Soda. They're going to get one of the three. They're going to get one of the three. I'm absolutely convinced of that. And I don't think money's not going to money's not going to be an issue with them. I know everybody's talking about Judge, and it's going to be the Yankees, Mets, Yankees, Mets. I can see the Giants stepping up big time for a guy, for a guy like Aaron Judge. Uh, Derek Gould is the Cardinals reporter for the St. Louis Post Dispatch. And the Cardinals all over the news. Arenado Goldschmidt. They haven't made this trip because of border restrictions. They are heavily rumored to be linked with Juan Soto uh, in, a, in a lot of instances, a lot of the national writers have made the Cardinals the favorite to get Juan Soto. We'll ask Derek Gould about that. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, the Sportsnet radio network, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be honest, is it us? Or, or, uh, Anyhow, it is my birthday, so people are dropping by saying hi. It's nice of them, I guess. Oh, you feel left out? No, well, I don't feel. I, I, I don't feel left out. I, I just. Uh, I just a little little foggy brain fog today. Oh I don't yeah, know what it is? Yeah, uh, brain fog. You know, just kind of. Well, I mean, you need to bring. It. You know, I had, had to listen to you basically say that you think Jose Barrios is a stiff. <laughs> that's and, what I said. Ah, you know, uh, that's what I said. 
Well, pretty much. That's said, not what I said. You said, I you said don't I trust love winning. You don't trust and him in the playoffs. You said you don't trust Saint, him in the playoffs. And that matched up against any team that you would ever play. You said you don't trust him in Absolutely. the playoffs. Absolutely. And you said that he's going to have no, to I suck it up and take it. I said four guys instead of three guys. Mm-hmm. That's not way. But if my top three and one of them threw 99 was sank with a Bucks Bunny changeup, there's a good chance he'd get one of them games. What's a Bugs Bunny changeup? No. Sever, several people have. What's a. Slow, <laughs> slow it down. What, where, how, where, how does that come strike through one, in radio? Strike two, strike three, where he throws it and the guy swings at it. Oh, you three mean times. like a, the cartoon Bugs <laughs> Bunny? Bugs okay. Okay. Oh, I'm going to let it beat you. Well, no, there's a couple, oh, of, a couple of people is. wanted to know what a Bugs Bunny changeup was. There are folks who are not our age who didn't haven't watched Bugs Bunny, right? I would think if you're like. What? If you're 20, Bugs Bunny's not a thing. 20 and under, Bugs Bunny's not a thing, probably. Well, I'm 47. I watch Bugs Bunny every single night with my son. Okay. All right. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Let's bring in Derek Gould as a Cardinals reporter with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Mr. Gould, thank you for joining us. Sorry you had to put up with that. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. I did not expect a Bugs Bunny breakdown on the changeup, but that's fine. Yeah. I just... That's all good. I just worry that... Do you have a Wiley Coyote cutter? Do you have a... uh... Well, a Daffy Duck slider? Is that? Or do we have a whole array I, I of Warner Brothers pitches? <laughs> he only needs the Bugs Bunny changeup. Yeah, that's I, it. Like I said, I just I'm worried that some of our listeners don't know who Bugs Bunny is. Really? They're thinking of minions and stuff. Man, they're thinking. It's entirely possible. I think a Roadrunner fastball would be awesome. That would be tremendous. That would be good. So what is what does Andre Pallante throw? A perfect segue. What does he throw? Does he have a Bugs Bunny changeup or a Roadrunner fastball? Or <laughs> actually, you know what? If there is ever a thing as a Roadrunner fastball, now that you bring it up, it's his. Um, he has a little bit of an outlier. It doesn't go meet meat, but it's a little bit of an outlier fastball. Um, he, it's a hard fastball, but it kind of has that perceived velocity. Right. And not as much break as hitters are expecting. And so it acts somewhat like a sinker to one side and a cutter to the other side, and that can cause a lot of problems. So it's interesting. Maybe we just named it. Maybe we just coined the phrase to describe Andre Pallante's uh, fastball. I know all Blue Jays fans want to know if he has a slider and he can throw it to a right-handed hitter. Does he have one of those? Well, so he can take a little bit off that fastball if <laughs> he comes it. that way. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, that's good. He's got the Jays right where he wants <laughs> he them does. right that's now. It. We can put this one in the uh, W column for the Cardinals. Uh, no Goldschmidt, no no Arenado. Obviously, the lineup is weakened considerably by that. I, reading a lot of the yeah. the reporting you and Rick and 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 Ben did in in St. Louis. Uh, how has this gone over in the clubhouse and in and, and in the fan base? Because it, you know, we had uh, who was Kansas City was just in town, and you know the, the Kansas City Royals basically left their entire team behind, and because of the vaccine border restrictions, and, and essentially Mike Matheny's approach was, look, we we just treat it like we've had an injury outbreak, right? And next man up, and we don't make a big deal about it. We just know who's here, who isn't here. Away you go. Is is that the Cardinals' approach here? And because it's a two-game series, I guess it's probably mitigated a bit. Yeah, that's what they. Uh, you know, that that's sort of how they're describing it. In in talking with the the president of baseball operations, Tom Ozalak, he said, "Look, you're going to go games. You're going to go stretches without players being available. And sometimes you make the choice that they're not available because they need a rest, or because they pitch too much, or because it's just a day, or." 
you know, as they've gone through, every team's gone through over the last few years, they test positive for COVID. I mean, the Cardinals had a player who was unavailable because he tested positive, but never had any of the symptoms. They weren't real sure that he had it, but he had a positive test. And so he had to test over the next few days and then returned really quickly um, once he got that negative test. Um, and they, afterward, they were like, we weren't sure if he had or just was viral shred, shed from having it months before. But anyway, they played without him. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of have talked their way into seeing this as the same way, that they would go days without you know, having Arnado in the lineup or that they would go a day with Paul Goldschmidt getting a, um, you know, a scheduled rest day and that that's what these are. I mean, you know, I, I have a hard time kind of <laughs> equating the two, um, but I guess that's sort of how you view the whole decision that they made, right, and yeah. the luxury that they had to make it. Um, you know, and, and that's, that, that is where the fans are split, just like they're split on everything else. I mean, they're they're split on everything, and this obviously strikes at political nerves, which drums them a little bit louder. Um, but they're, I mean, they're split on whether or not they should wear red hats or blue hats on the road, and you just can't find any consensus anywhere. It seems. Hmm. Is there one uh, certain hitter tonight that needs to step up and be better than he's been because of those two absences in the in the lineup? You know what? That's an interesting question. Can we broaden the scope a little bit and I, say, is there one hitter for the second half that the team needs? Absolutely. It's the same answer, and and it's Tyler O'Neill. Um, Tyler O'Neill has had a difficult first half. A couple times on the injured list, a couple times not. Uh, you know, going through some stretches where he just didn't feel right at the play, wasn't producing at the plate. It's his speed back uh, starts to gather some momentum, and then has another injury, just kind of a couple odd injuries. Um, if this offense is going to be what it what it can be, um, I mean it's already been pretty good, but it's been based around Arenado and you know the contributors that kind of vary daily. But if they're going to have a heartbeat as a lineup and really go game busters like to the end of the season, it's going to need Arenado, O'Neill, and Goldschmidt to be that to bring some fear into that lineup. And O'Neill has the ability; he you know hit more than thirty home runs last year. He's got that blend of speed and power that is just so rare. I mean, you know, I'm like the metrics adore him for how hard he hits the ball and how fast he runs around the bases. And um, he, he has the ability to be not just a guy who links in his lineup, but who just adds such power and awareness to the lineup that other teams have to take note. And, and that's something that the Cardinals need. You know, Derek, one of the things I've I've wondered about with Bo Bichette, who has not had uh, a Bo Bichette type of year so far, is whether or not his contractual issue in the offseason with the Blue Jays has carried over. I think a lot of people thought Bo Bichette would have signed to a multi-year contract by now, one of those contracts that buys out arbitration, uh, maybe a free agent year. Uh, and, and I know that Tyler O'Neill also had uh, has not been able to come to terms on a long-term contract any thought any thought in your mind at all that that there might be something lingering here from from the offseason now he is with boris corp right and and i'm just wondering if perhaps yeah yeah i'm just wondering if perhaps that isn't something that 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 might be out there i mean you don't have to wonder i mean he said as much Uh, you know credit to tyler for being candid um i asked him earlier this season I said, uh, I was like, how is this kind of weighing on you? And he said, I feel like I can really separate when I'm on the field from it. 
but when I'm going to bed at night, it's on my mind. It's what I, it's my head hits the pillow thinking about it. And he goes, so, you know, you can't ignore that. You can't mislead yourself. And I, and to his credit, he said, I don't want to lie to you because you asked the question. Um, he said it was on his mind because he wanted some, you know, security of a multi-year deal. And he wanted like some stability of it. And also, you know, guys want to hear from teams that they're wanted, right? They don't want to hear from teams, hey, we're going to fight you over every penny. And there wasn't like a huge gap um, in in their in their offers in arbitration. Um, there was significant difference in their conversations about a, a multi-year deal, um, but it was at least something that Tyler was hopeful would gain some traction. Uh, and then, you know, it didn't. And then there's an arbitration hearing. And he, he, he told me, again, like, to credit his honesty, he said, you know, it was all right going in there and hearing all the things you're not. Um, but it just wasn't the outcome that, that he wanted um, or, like, you know, the kind of warm embrace of the team that has spent a lot of time being patient with him since they traded for him, um, but not the, the celebration of the season he had, not the, not the celebration of the breakout season he just had. It was – more a reminder of how far he has to go. Uh, Adam Wainwright's getting game two. I, you know, I, I hate to even ask yeah. you like where he ranks uh, of pitchers you've seen. That, that's a, that's a hard question for you to answer. But I I do want to ask because you see him a lot more than we do. I mean, you can go ahead and ask. Well, what, you know, I, uh, if you want to answer that, you can. But I want to ask what you think every day makes him, you know want other players just to want to be around him. That's what I've noticed every time I, I watch an interview with him. I watch somebody talking about him. It's just like they can't wait to be around him. Why is that? Uh, because he's a genuinely uplifting human being. Um, because he is a good pitcher, a veteran pitcher who's been around a lot, but he's learned a lot in this game. And um, you know, he's he's the clubhouse's favorite dad. That's why. I mean, he's the Tom Hanks of the Cardinals. Um, that's why people want to be around him. I probably should have used that line in a paper sometime. You should have. Um, yeah. I just came up with it on the spot. Darn it. Well, you can use uh, it. Don't tell anyone. I'm going to use it again sometime. Don't forget, there's no um, plagiarism. That, there's I mean, no that, there's no plagiarism when you're when you're quoting yourself. Remember that. Okay, good. So we have it on tape that I just. Did that. We can um, expunge so cool. it. Don't I'm worry. I'm going to use that as proof. Good. Okay. Um, but that's that's why. Uh, I mean, he he talks to the young guys. I mean, look, this is a guy who in 2011, the last time they won the World Series, which I need to remind folks, the last time they won the World Series was 2011. Uh, they, uh, you know, he was not on the team, on the active roster. He's with the team. Um, elbow surgery kept him out for that entire year. And this is a guy who dressed up as a cheerleader and was around the team. And what he did was he recognized, okay, this is a moment that I need to bring confidence. Okay. This is a moment when I need to step back. Okay. This is a moment when I need to make people laugh. And he just got an innate feel for how to do that. Um, you know, that the players around the team will tell you that they probably have multiple suits purchased by him so that they look good on the road. Um, they'll all, they all look in awe with how he is as a, father when they see him around his daughters and, and now his young son um you know they, they they just this is the guy who um along with melina um have been just kind of the heart of this organization for almost 20 well, more than 20 years uh, i guess i guess it's about 20 years now yeah 20 years now two decades 
Um, they've been, you know, the, the heart of the team. In a lot of ways, it's Molina leading the team on the field, and it's Wainwright off. We'll uh, get to Juan Soto in a minute, but you mentioned Molina, and I wanted to ask you for an update on him. Now, he, he is starting his rehab this week. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, he is. He's off uh, off this week to uh, AAA Memphis to uh, to begin a rehab assignment with the plan to join the team on Tuesday, how, a week from today. How much has he been missed? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Um, you know, M- Molina is a stabilizing presence, and there is something to how he manages a game. Um you know, it's not to take away from the previous catchers. That's just to elevate how good Molina is at it. Um, he is, he is, but he's one of you asked where Wainwright fits. And as far as pitchers, I've seen. I mean, that's that's you're right. That is a hard question because mm-hmm. I've been through the years. I've seen Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw, and that you know, all Zach Greinke and Jacob Degrom every spring training and every year. So. I mean, that list gets pretty long of some great pitchers. I think Scherzer stands out from that group to me. Um, you can call me a Mizzou bias, and that's fine. Um, but Scherzer is remarkable. I mean, it's hard to say he's not the best right-handed pitcher of his generation. But watching Molina, as much as I've watched Molina, and as much of a, as I've asked about Molina, and as much as I've reported on Molina, I'm going to have a hard time finding a more influential player on games mm-hmm. that I've covered. <clears throat> I mean, just the fact that he's involved in every pitch. He's had some solid offensive years. But he's had dynamic defensive years. He's had, I mean, he's shepherded young pitchers. He's shepherded rookies. Um, you know, I talked to Michael Walker, who, you know, in 2013 was, was a few months removed, a year removed from college. And now he's like being asked to go out and win playoff games for the Cardinals. And he told me, he goes, Man, I don't even remember much of that because I just leaned back and said, follow Yachty. That's all I got to do here. And he got me through it. I don't know how, but that's what he did. He got me through it. He knew how to guide me as a pitcher and use what I had as a pitcher and what I could execute to get us through those games. And there are just there are dozens of guys who say that. And, so, um, and you can look at the numbers, too, if you want to look at the numbers. Look at their ERA without him and look at uh, – their ERA with other catchers, or even better, look at how, I mean, teams just stopped trying to steal on the Cardinals for an entire decade yeah. and a half. Yeah, that's they right. They just stopped. Yeah. It's bonkers. They just, one, one team told me, like, uh, they, it, was, it was in the dugout, and they were visiting, and, I, you know, it was the Arizona Diamondbacks, and their manager said, yeah, we're not going to try to steal during this series. <laughs> what? They just announced it. <laughs> like it was, it was like, all right, you know, yeah, we're not, we're not going to try to steal. That's, you know, that's like a team saying we're not going to hit and run yeah. or we're not going to throw any change-ups. We don't have any bugs, but any change-ups. We're not going to throw any. Tell the other team. Um, but it's just, that's the kind of presence that Molina has. Um, and they need him to be better than he was. Let's be honest. I mean, he, he struggled in, when he played this year. They need him to be better than he was. And, that was why he took this time, I was told, um, by someone close to him, was so that he could return and not just finish his career, but be stronger at the finish of his career. That's great. Okay, Je- Jeff mentioned Juan Soto. Uh, the question, I guess, is uh, an easy question. How real is the conversation with the Cardinals, do you think? And do you think they have enough to give up to get him? They have enough. 
Um, they're one of the few teams that do. Do they have the stomach to give that up? Probably not. Not not at the prices that have been kind of discussed. Is the conversation real? Um, two parts of that. One, like I said, they have the prospects. Um, if if a team is, you know, like the Nationals is trying to really break the bank or get the world in return for Soto, you got to have the conversation with the Cardinals um, because of where they are with their young talent and a couple of the young guys that they have who have full years of control. One of them doesn't even have to be on the 49 roster, but are clear impact play, players um, or have impact upside. So you have to have that conversation from the Cardinals' point of view. This is their business model, um, so they they got to explore it. You know, acquire talent that you can't develop, and they don't think they can sign as free agents. So they go and trade for them. Arenado is one. Goldschmidt is one. Holiday was one. Edmonds was one. Roland was one. I mean, you go back and back and back, and this is their business model. So this, these are the conversations that they seek out. Um, but one thing that I just keep – well, I heard yesterday, but I've heard multiple times, and I'll probably hear again today at the ballpark, is that they just want some sense of what Washington's motivation is. Mm. Um, you know, their, their ownership picture is really unclear. Do they want to have this massive injection of talent to resurrect their farm system? Okay, well, that's one conversation. Do they want to unload cash in the Corbin deal? and thus get less in return and use Soto as the sweetener to get something in return, then that's another conversation. If the Nationals aren't clear with what they want to do, then it's really unlikely that a deal happens with anybody. And how clear can the Nationals be when they have such unknowns when it comes to ownership? Um, It's not like if they try to talk about trading Soto this winter, there won't be a bunch of suitors Mm -hmm. that line up um, to make that deal possible. So, you know, that's one thing that I've heard multiple times from folks in or around the Cardinals is, is what is the Nationals' goal here? And if that's the case, then they can talk about a deal. Okay, another question. Do, do you think if they were to get Soto, that would be enough to make a serious run at that? Because you, you, all the conversation that you just had with us there, well, with what they would have to give up, they probably wouldn't have enough to get other things. So it would only be Soto. Is that enough to make a run at it? That is a great question because this team needs pitching. It needs a starting pitcher, and that is the that's the one thing that if they add one starting pitcher, we began this conversation with Andre Pallante, right? Andre Pallante has done fine as a starter. He's really helped the team by becoming a starter. A starter replaces him, and Andre Pallante becomes a reliever. Now you're talking about a much better looking bullpen that is already pretty strong. Um, that is throwing a lot of different looks at teams, and that's what they want to be, and Pallante would just be one more. Um, the way for this team to change and win the division is they need a starting pitcher. Um, they are they have tiptoed along the line of an innings crisis for a while now, and this is a thing that they went through last year as well. It caught them last year. It absolutely cost them the division because they were slow to move on their need for innings. Um, eventually, the trade deadline, they got Hap and Lester, two veteran lefties, and they were advertised as guys who would get them through the end of the year. What happened is, no pun intended, is Lester and Hap then pitched so well that all of a sudden the Cardinals found their voice, found their style, won 17 in a row, and didn't have to worry about innings right. every day. Um, they, they worry about innings. They, they count them, and they wonder where they're going to come from. And, as, and Soto's not going to provide those. So if they go and trade for Juan Soto, they have Juan Soto, but they haven't solved the problem that could undermine the whole team. Derek, really good of you to join us today. Terrific insight, man. Thanks so much. Great stuff. See you down at the park.
You bet. Always a pleasure. Good to hear from you, Jeff. Look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Finally. Take care, Derek. Derek Gould is the Cardinals reporter at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And, uh, yeah, it's... We haven't talked about Albert Pujols. We get to see Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera. Awesome. During this uh, this homestand, which is going to be very cool. Um, And, I mean, I don't have to tell Blue Jays fan. I'm sure the Blue Jays will do have some sort of recognition for him in the scoreboard, but I don't have to tell Blue Jays fans to uh, make sure you uh, give Albert a, a very warm welcome. He's, uh, well, we've talked about him as a right-handed hitter. I've just... I, well, for about a 10-year span there, it, he he had some of the best numbers a right-handed hitter could ever have. Like, you, you couldn't yeah. have any better numbers. As a right-handed hitter facing all the right-handed pitching... You know, you, 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 the way he faced it and the, the expectations he'd having year after year after year, you know, using the entire field, just a, hitting velocity, hitting fastballs, hitting it where it's pitched, like everything that would go into being a hitter. It's just, I mean, it's the best I've ever seen. I don't know about you. I mean, Cabrera, Cabrera's right there. Yeah. But, man, I, I just, when it comes to average and walking and OPS and driving in runs and being a guy in the middle of the order, how do you beat it? Pujols for me would be the guy. Look, we're on the same page with Bonds in terms of left-handed, left-handed hitters. Yeah, he, he had an advantage because he's left-handed, he's, and most pitchers were right-handed. Yeah, the stuff that Pujols did for as long as he did it against the caliber of guys that he, you know, that that he was facing was was really remarkable. It's crazy. Yeah, it it just take a look at some of his some of his numbers. They're just. Other world. Well, it's that it's that thing when you're the man and people don't want you to beat them and you still beat them. Yeah, when you're so. the when, when you're the man for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing it's to be crazy. it's one thing to be the man for two years. When you're the man for 15 years yeah. and you're playing in teams that are expected to win. 300 was a bad year for him, Jeff. That's when averages mattered. What do you think? A- what, average told you that you, you could think? use the entire field when he played. When he did it. What do you think 23, 24-year-old Albert Pujols would be doing right now? That's a great question. Would would he have launch angle, not worry about average? I would think he would do that. You think he would? I think he'd be okay hitting 260 with 40. Bat speed, all the things he would bring at 23. The bat, the ball skills, the the quiet approach at the plate, just dropping A to B. Like, it's just... You just take it from where he started it and just drop the head on the baseball. And you don't have to hit for high average. Homers, RBIs go way up, average you go down. I'd be okay and he'd get paid tons of money. He'd be a $50 million man. That's what he'd it be. It is remarkable. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, Jeff Passon will join us in the next hour. We'll uh, talk about the rejection of Major League Baseball's proposal for the international draft by the Major League Baseball Players Association. Uh, we'll talk to Passon about that. It does have an impact in terms of qualifying offers for free agents. And uh, we'll also obviously talk to Jeff about the latest on the Soho uh, Soto trade market. Jeff's got a, an article up on ESPN. I'll send out a link. I'll send out a link to it right now. And I think Jeff's kind of, uh, I, I think he's in the camp that I think we're both in where, you know, yeah, the Jays and Soto, you probably have to kick tires on it. But if you're the Jays, you're probably looking at trying to replicate what you did with Barrios last year. Focus on a guy like uh, on a guy like Castillo, or maybe. Well, we'll talk to Passon about this. I still I'm intrigued by the notion of talking to the Seattle Mariners or the uh, Florida Marlins about 
about Pablo Lopez. Absolutely. They need they need some bats. They need some bats. I might be able to give them a bat, some minor leaguers to get it done. Anyhow, Jeff Passan will join us. We got tickets to the August 12th game against the Cleveland Guardians as well. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network, which includes Sportsnet 590, the fan, of course. Sportsnet 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.